Welcome to the Community Podcast, brought to you by the Community Paper. Since 1989, the Community Paper has been sharing good news happening in downtown Orlando and College Park. Your hosts for the show are Orlando native and the paper's publisher, Debbie Gunter, and Orlando transplant and managing editor, Tommy Cardinal. Welcome back to the Community Podcast. I'm Debbie Gunter. It's cold today. I love it. It is. There's a chill in the air. Yes, it's beginning to feel like winter finally. I can Um, finally break out my socks. Yeah, yeah. You have some cool socks. They really made an impression on me last winter when I would see your socks. You you would finally see them. They're like funky, but they're fun. You wear funky, fun socks. Yeah. You have like a back drawer where you keep all your, you're like, oh, winter socks. Yeah, all my socks and then winter sweaters and jackets basically never come out unless I'm traveling up north. Mm. Yeah. So what's the, what's your favorite pair of socks that you like to bust out? I like these because they have uh, the dancers on them. I think they're flamenco dancers or tango dancers. So it makes yeah. me feel more active than I it am. It looks like a there's like a mariachi band yeah. on there too. Yeah. So we for, we just kind of jumped in, forgot to introduce Nick, our producer. Who's That's here. the one and, talking and, about the socks. In your defense, yeah. I did come out of the gate pretty hot on socks. You got excited about yeah. your socks. And Tommy Cardinal is here. I have cool socks too. You do have cool. Actually, you do. Now yeah, that you I've got it. a, I've got a pair of socks. My favorite pair of socks. I show them to everyone every time I wear them. They look just like my cat Conway, and they've got these little uh, humps at the top that look like the ears. Yeah. So it's like even oh, cat cute. ear shaped. Yeah. yeah. But uh, probably your, your cat has you well. Uh, uh, well He's got trained. me well trained. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I took a great picture of him today. He was showing off the belly. Anyways, the, we were talking about the weather. Yeah, it's cold. It's cold. It's cold for Florida. It's, it's cold, cold in us. general. I like it. Do you like it when it gets cold? I do because it's the one week of the year where I get to feel a nice chill. I think it's been more than a week so far, though. I think we're going to get like three weeks in. It's usually like a month total in Florida. Right? Yeah, over the course of three months. Over the course of 12 months. Well, yeah. I, mean, I was winter. talking about winter. Yeah. 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 And it, it's like a, a week at a time usually. So we yeah. have one of those chill weeks, which like... 50 degrees. I know. I woke up What this I morning. love about it is it's chilly and you get to wear your jacket and your boots mm-hmm. and then it slowly warms up. So then you you get a break, you get to warm back up mm-hmm. again to 80, mm-hmm. 82, yeah. and then it goes down again. Yep. It's, it's nice. I like that. You don't turn the air conditioner all day. It's, right. it's Yeah. You can drive with the windows down. Mm. Oh, my favorite. Yeah. It's starting to feel like Christmas and uh, it's also starting to look like Christmas. Yes, all the ornaments coming up all over town. The Main Street areas have their new decorations out. Their snowflakes, they Mm -hmm. look really nice. The snowflakes are all over town, too. I don't know if that's a Main Street-specific thing, but I've seen them in Dr. Phillips. So it's interesting. The director of College Park Main Street told me that they were supposed to have a a, a specific-to-Main Street snowflake. Oh. But then she was surprised to see snowflakes everywhere. So Mm. not really sure. Well, they're on Orange Avenue and the part that's not Ivanhoe Village. So in like the North Quarter, Hmm. they're all down there. Yeah, they're all over the... I saw them on Curry Ford last night. Are they all the same snowflake? It it seems to be, yeah. All right, well... They say that every snowflake is supposed to be different. (laughs) But these snowflakes are all identical, so... Lake Eola looks great. Have you seen the decorations around the lake? Yeah, the... 
it's a new tree. Did you know that? I didn't know that until you told me. So the the last cool. tree was vandalized, which I don't oh. know how it was vandalized. Who does that? I know who. The Grinch. Well, yeah. Or Scrooge. But I think the Scrooge is more lazy. I don't think the Scrooge would go out. Scrooge would have hired somebody to vandalize it for him. Yeah, or just yelled at the people setting it up. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. But I don't think he would go out of his house and... So Grinch is... The, the Grinch is more, more of the mischievous one, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they it was the old tree got vandalized, and I guess it was so bad that they had to buy a whole new tree. So the uh. community redevelopment agency bought a new tree this September, and I've been waiting to talk about it for three months now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I wrote about it, but I, when I saw the tree going up, I was like, "Oh yeah, they bought a new tree." So this is the new and improved tree. Yeah, that, and you you said that they had insurance on the tree. They yeah. had tree insurance. They Isn't had tree crazy? insurance. That's Nine, brilliant. But thank goodness, right? Yeah. yeah, because you never know when the Grinch is going to come. But so they vandalized the tree and they they did an insurance claim and got ninety six thousand dollars for it, which I, I that seems like a lot for a tree. It but does seem like a lot, but it didn't. didn't it was even a sixty pay for foot. Half yeah, it didn't even pay one. for half for a sixty foot tree. Sixty yeah. foot tree. So the new yeah. one's sixty four feet. I'm not sure how old the old one was, but it's it's interesting that they had tree insurance and we were able to put that toward the new tree, which was $233,000. And it's 64 Ouch. feet instead of 60 feet. Oh, okay. I think the lights are fancier. This yeah. seems to be able to do fancier more with the lights. lights. I mean, it's got to last outside in Florida weather for... And it's got to last for years and years, so yeah. it's going to be expensive. You would hope it would last for years and years. Yeah, until yeah. I'm not sure the how Grinch comes back. Yeah, until the Grinch comes back. Such but they got that tradition. tree insurance. Yeah. yeah, so they're covered. Yeah, they're covered. I'm going to get that for my tree. I love the tradition of the Lake Eola Christmas tree. And also, um, another. I grew up in Orlando, and I grew up driving on I-4 with my parents to go visit my grandparents and seeing the holiday, the happy holiday sign on the... Um, in Ivanhoe Village on the old OUC building. Mm -hmm. And there's just something, you know, so nostalgic about that to me when I see it today. Just over the lake. and Just over the lake. Yeah. And you just, I, it's been there for so long, since the 50s. Um, it took a break in the 90s um, for some reason. I haven't been able to find out exactly why that was. But um, but then, yeah, they brought it back. It's really iconic. It's... It, it is. And so with this new building, um being up for sale with the building being up for sale that it's sitting atop now um the city has said that they are trying to encourage the new property owner whoever that might be to continue to let them put the sign up there but if not they're going to definitely find a new home for it but i don't know i hope it stays there because it's that's where it's supposed to be you know yeah and it's one of those things where you so many people drive by on i4 mm -hmm. and it's like seeing that it's like oh it's it's December or it's yeah. late November, so it's like coming. And it also says Happy New Year. It flickers. Happy holidays. Happy yes. holidays. Year. Happy New Year. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. If they do take it down, do you want to put it up at the community paper offices? Oh my we gosh. We can get it. Can you imagine? I think it's bigger than our whole building. <laughs> <laughs> and the I, I think the traffic going by would not be as much. No. Dartmouth Street so. isn't isn't that traffic as as trafficked as I four. But yeah, I wonder how that's going to turn out if we're going to keep it on top. But the good news is the building's staying. They're not going to tear it down. Yes, or that's protected. It was built in the 20s. We know that for sure. There's a little bit of... Yes, yeah, so whatever happens with that building, it's going to stay um, intact, at least 
on the exterior. Yeah. So, and we knew that OUC is. was selling it for a while. They did a request for proposals in July where they were looking for commercial real- realtors to sell the property, and they chose Bishop Beale Duncan, and they listed it on their website um, like last month. Mm-hmm. How much is it? So in case well, I want to buy it. you should ask. What? What would you like to offer? It has no list price. Oh. Which I'm a realtor also, for those of you who don't know, and that's just not something you see ever. Mm-hmm. So super fascinating. They And we, Tommy and I spoke with the listing agent, and she said there just are no comps. And so... They're and that gonna, sounds like realtor speak. That means comparisons. No, yes, no comparable properties have sold. It's a, I mean, like, it's a really unique area. building. It's yeah. very unique. It's so, on two acres of land, and it's almost a hundred year old building. Yeah. Yeah. So they are going to see what the market will bear because you know they always say a property is worth what someone's willing to pay for it, sure. right? So yep. they are you know putting out um, putting their feelers out there and. OUC also wants to pick the right buyer for the property too. So that is mm-hmm. going to factor into the equation as yeah, well. Yeah, she, right. she was saying it's not just a bidding war. So right. like if Amazon were to pay $20 million and say they want to turn it into a warehouse, they probably wouldn't do that. Right, exactly. So I think that that's interesting. Uh, so I wonder what it would be, what it could become. But I think it's... Uh, I like the potential there that it's just right there. It's next to uh, the, oh, it's in the Ivanhoe district, but it's also right next to College Park and North Downtown. It's really central to everything. It's, and sort, it, of, mm-hmm. it's sort of like a gateway. Yeah, it could be something really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Well, yeah, it's really interesting because it's, it's been a historic landmark. So whoever buys it would be doing an adaptive reuse where they renovate or remodel it for. Obviously, it's not going to be another power plant, so they're <laughs> remodeling it to a new use. And there's a couple examples of that in Orlando. The Milk District, uh, one of their first like state of the milks, they do that each mm-hmm. year. They were they did a whole talk about all the different adaptive reuse projects that have happened in the Milk District, and it's happened in Orlando too, like Black Bean Deli mm-hmm. on Kelowna used to be a gas station, mm-hmm. and so. It's interesting to see what they turn an old like w- power plant into. Right. I can't think of anything like that except for in Pennsylvania they have the old steel stacks that they turn into like a whole park, which was interesting. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to see what it turns into. We spoke with the realtor Jill Rose, who's the or one of the realtors. There's two realtors listed, but she was talking about it and. I thought that was really interesting. Wouldn't and it I be can't cool for- if it could be housing? If it could be some cool, like, lofty oh, condos or something? Yeah. That would be neat. I wonder if it's... that. I don't know it's if that's It's not possible. zoned for that, probably, but you could have it rezoned. That's another thing is the city has a say in it. Right. Because mm-hmm. the city can zone it to whatever they want. And mm-hmm. if someone is wanting to buy it, the city could be like, well, we're not going to zone it to... Right. After the break, we'll be talking about College Park and what's happening downtown. Podcasting is easy to do if you know what you're doing. When you're ready to get started, visit toacertaindegree.com for tips and tricks from someone who has been doing it a while, Nick. I'm not saying that he's old, but he is. In podcasting years, and actual years. That's toacertaindegree.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. 
Hello. Hi. Nick, what's going on in College Park? Well, the big story for last month, and it'll be an ongoing story for a while, is going to be the redesigns for Albert and Dartmouth Parks. And what happened was last month, Robert Stewart held a Zoom call with an update for that. And we have a link to that on our website if you'd like to go. But just as a quick sum up, the designs, and I really want to emphasize this because I think this is something that... You know, you hear about the redesign and you maybe think that, oh, you know, they're doing it in a vacuum. They're doing it without anybody knowing about it. They've gone through and talked to the community multiple times in multiple venues. So during the pandemic, it was a lot of online stuff. But as people were getting vaccinated and people were feeling safer, they went out to the community and did face-to-face meetings about it. They went to the parks, the person who's doing the actual design for it went to the parks Mm -hmm. and looked around at what was going on. So it's really interesting. So it's gotten a lot of feedback from the community. And right now we're at the point where we have the designs, we have rough budgets, and now what Commissioner Stewart was saying is we're going to start looking at where is the funding going to come from. Mm. So it's roughly, I think, for both of them around $1.2, million, $1.3 million. For each? No, all together. All okay. together. For both. All together. Yeah. yeah. So what's going to happen is there's just not enough money right now for that. So what they're going to do is look at, okay, can we do it in a phased manner? Like, like, could like we they're do, doing Lake Eola Yeah, in these pieces mm-hmm. first and then do these pieces later on in case, you know, some budget comes in or more money comes in or somebody wants to sponsor. So mm-hmm. there's an organization or a donor in the community who wants to give some money towards moving the gazebo in Albert Park from the center where it is now to where it's planned to be over to the side. So there's more of a green area in the center. Mm-hmm. So the pictures are really great. I would encourage everybody to look at the uh, the Zoom meeting because they really go into detail about what it's going to be. But we're probably a few years out before what, a lot of this uh, gets rolling. What I thought was interesting is that this is happening at the same time that the packing district is building a huge park Mm -hmm. and a lot of the community input about what they wanted to see at Albert and Dartmouth. They're actually doing that at the packing district park. Ended up. And that sort of changed how Albert and Dartmouth looked, right? Yeah. So one of the big things that people were asking for was a dog park and they said, well, you know what? It ends up, it's completely funded and it's going in, in the packing district. And that's literally right around the corner from these parks. Same thing with a, a lot of people were vocal in their support of a splash pad, something for the kids. That's mm-hmm. going in by the YMCA in the packing district. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that stuff is going in already. It's going to be within, you know, maybe not walking distance, but within biking or, you know, a short drive away for College Park residents. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm excited about Albert Park. I, I almost hope if they have to do it in phases, I, I hope they do Albert Park first because... Mm-hmm. I would really love to see that become more of a, almost like a town square for the business district in College Park. Because right now it's just sort of a, I hate to say useless park, because I know some people, you know, maybe enjoy going and sitting in the gazebo and having lunch or whatever, but it's not very usable. And it's just kind of sitting there looking pretty, which is nice, but they could do so much more with that space that can bring people downtown. And it's great for the events, like, jazz fest and all that but there's you're right there's not much seating or anything yeah it could be a whole lot better and so mm-hmm. i know that they've been um the city has met with main street too main street i i believe well i don't believe i know um would like to see 
some changes to the plan that's being proposed. They, they also have, you know, worked at length to kind of discuss and brainstorm about what would be the best, best use of that park for the commercial district in yeah. College Park. And so I'm, I think that they are hoping that maybe they can tweak some of the plans just a little bit. Yeah, it looked like from the plans that they have right now, more of a, I want to say like an event, a special event place that's kind of self-contained. Mm-hmm. So it would have extended parking at the back so that food trucks could pull up there more easily, more seating on the sides. And then if there's this green area, they still have to make a decision on the tree, of course. But right. if there's a green area in the center, there would also be a stage set up right. as well. So you could do little concerts and other things there. Mm-hmm. And so it could be a fun little space to hang out in. So what makes the park memorable or distinct now is the gazebo and the tree. Yeah. Right. So yeah. what do we know about the gazebo? The gazebo would definitely it slightly? move. They would move it to the right. It would not be the central point of focus anymore. So, uh, sorry, to the right. They would move it to the north side of the park. Okay. So it'd still be there. So they're doing that just to make more green space so that a central green space so people could hang out, sit, uh, you know, lay a picnic blanket, see Mm -hmm. the stage, or if they're coming there, that's like there's a food truck event or another type of event, they can hang out there. But no decision has been made on the tree. And you know, the gazebo was only put there in the 80s. So it's. It's not some historic. Yeah, I, I think of it as iconic, probably just yeah. because you're young. I'm young, well, and, and when I see moved, it in a lot of the collateral pieces right, for absolutely. Edgewater, mm-hmm. and yeah. it was our logo for the College Park it Community Paper for years. For all, yeah. yeah, so yeah, it's nice. It's it's just a bummer right now where it is because it just takes up. Such it takes a, up the whole park yeah. pretty much. Yeah, which is great for Santa, but. That's and the it. bands sometimes they have the bands that but but they're going to be doing like a, a stage sort of thing you said yeah so this big green space that's in the middle so on the northwest corner of that the farthest basically away from the street because you don't want to have the street right behind it with traffic mm-hmm. noise and stuff that would have a little stage with some shade up there and what about dartmouth park i know something new about dartmouth park is that piece of land closest to Edgewater mm-hmm. was recently acquired by the city, right? Yeah. Yep. So they're incorporating that into the rest of the park. Right? Yeah, they wanted it to be seamless. And the main thing they wanted is to make sure there's, you know, without making it um, too distinct, like a specific wall is to make sure where people are playing on one side of Dartmouth Park is the kids aren't necessarily running towards uh, the street, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the very busy Edgewater Drive. Mm-hmm. And so what you see there is is very similar in a way. There's going to be an interactive art wall that would be uh, separating sort of the uh, existing Dartmouth Park to the new new parts of Dartmouth Park. Uh, there'd be seating along the sides, uh, mm-hmm. so on the north end and the south end, and then a green space in the middle, again, for uh, community events. If you wanted to set up a festival there and little tents, if they wanted to do a concert or something like that. And then since there's a little more room, uh, bigger, uh, not gazebos, but uh, bigger coverings. So you could do an event or you could rent it out for a birthday party or something like that. Okay. Yeah. And trees, more trees. A lot of trees, a lot of shade. Yeah. And yeah. they're widening the sidewalk around the front. That's I right. Believe. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be really nice. It's interesting. The The budget for, for Dartmouth Park is $843,000. Yep. 
and Albert Park is 475,000. It's interesting because I feel like there's more going on at Albert Park. You'd think that would be more, but I just the footprint and then yeah. the amount of trees that probably have to go in, some mm-hmm. of the engineering and the you know the underground stuff that has to happen True. for the water to flow and all of that. I think I of think. Dartmouth Park as sort of a neighborhood park like the people that live near it frequent it and albert park people go to the shops and everything and might hang out at albert park while they're doing their shopping or dining or whatever so it's bigger and i think it's more activity focused because it's large and there's Mm -hmm. a playground and they're redoing the playground too uh no the playground isn't part of this oh okay yeah so there would just be the other thing they'd be doing is just a bigger green area on the other side of this interactive art wall to make sure that people have enough uh, room to play. Okay. But that's all. Yeah. So it's really only the east end of the park that they're looking at. Okay. So that new part of the property, that new parcel that they got. It's really cool that the, the it's sort of built into the neighborhood where there's a block yeah. of houses on one side and a block mm-hmm. of houses on the other. And it's like. And this it's, park in the middle. Yeah. And it's really like community park. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I remember taking my kids there when they were little. And that's how we met, you know, some of what ended up being their lifelong friends and. You know, all the moms are there with their babies and it's fun. And that's the thing about the parks and to your point about Albert is making it more accessible, making it more, you know, just people are going there Mm -hmm. if they're having lunch or they're doing an event or something like that is have that sense of community for it. I'm glad the gazebo's staying though. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what jazz fest this year was apparently I, I couldn't make it, but apparently bigger and better than ever. And so a new Albert park will be even better for jazz fest in the future. Mm-hmm. For sure. And so jazz fest, I think that just like other events that have already happened, um, whether it's, uh, a concert at Dr. Phillips or we had taste of college park up at dubs dread, uh, I just think people are ready to get out, ready to see friends again, ready to listen to music and have good food and support local vendors. Yeah, there were definitely a lot of people out there. I was taking pictures and everybody had their tables all decorated. Yeah. It I was, think the estimate was 8,500 people. I left when it event. started to get That's dark, huge. but yeah, it was a lot of people. Some great music. Uh, if you wanted to listen to some, if you missed the bands that were there, you missed some of the, maybe you were there and you missed some of the music. Uh, we put together a playlist of some of the bands that were there. So mm-hmm. uh, these are a lot of local bands that could use the support. And so maybe go and listen to that and see if maybe you can go see them at some other venue yeah. in town. Yeah. And Holiday on the Drive is coming up too. Yeah. December 11th. It's nice. It's going to be during the day and I'm sure the weather's going to be really nice. Uh, oh, and uh, happy uh, end of hurricane season, you guys too. December 1st. Oh yeah, so Boy, December eleventh. We, we got lucky this year. Yeah, I yeah. don't even remember any hurricanes. We didn't have any. Uh, wow. Really, didn't have any come close to us. Yeah, mm-hmm. wow. but uh, holiday on the drive, December eleventh from twelve to four, and you know I, I am I, I'm ride or die when it comes to support local. So go out there and there's some. If you haven't been to Edgewater in a while, oh my goodness, there's some great new shops there. There are. And it's incredible. And we'll be there. Uh, we'll have a tent there. The community people will have a tent there so you can yeah, come by and can. say hi. Yeah. Bring, and we'll bring be... the kids to write letters to Santa. Mm-hmm. Santa will be there too. Santa will be there. But sometimes Santa, get his memory gets a little bad and he needs to have what you need in writing. Yeah, you might as well. for in writing. So. Absolutely. In triplicate. What about downtown, Tommy? What's going on there? Well, a sadly, uh, 
institution in Paramore burnt down. J. Henry's Barbershop. Oh, yes, that's so sad. So J. Henry has had that shop, that barbershop, right across the street from Exploria Stadium. His shop has been there for, I think, 30 years or something. It's been there for a long time, and everybody in the community knows him. J. Henry's just a well-known figure in Paramore. I uh, I was speaking with him about... I was doing a story on the Under Eye Project mm-hmm. because the city's whole goal was to unite West Downtown and the rest of downtown through the Under Eye Project. So they're turning into a park, and they're hoping that the Under Eye Project could be a gateway between the two communities. So I wanted to talk to a business owner in Paramore and get their point of view. And Jay Henry was the first person I thought of because he's just... uh, When we were sitting out there talking about it, at least three people stopped their car just to say hi to to Jay or just holler something out to him. And it's sad because, I mean, he... It's where so many people go to get their hair shop and barbershops are community spots. And mm-hmm. it burnt down to a pretty bad condition where they're not going to be able to rebuild it. Do they know how the it, fire was They said it was an electric fire. Oh, man. Yeah. That's too bad. Mm. So where is he going to try to go? Well, he definitely wants to stay in Paramore. Okay. So at, at the moment, he is cutting hair at a barbershop like a block away. Okay. But he wants to, he's obviously going to start another J. Henry's Barbershop and he wants to do it in Paramore because he loves the community and has such a clientele there. And he wants to make sure that the barbers that he employed there are back. So he's sure. he's got a GoFundMe and they're trying to rebuild definitely in Paramore though. That's so awesome. On the other side of I-4, talking to downtown, Steinmetz Hall, the... Dr. Phillips Center wasn't completely finished. It opened in 2014, but it wasn't all the way done. They sort of branched off Steinmetz Hall into phase two, and it is going to be finished in January. It's so exciting. What Have you it? been looking at some of the lineups? Yeah. Oh, it's, oh, it's incredible. So well, they're doing, yeah, yeah the, the whole cell, I think they're calling it the grand celebration season or something, yeah. but it's, it's going to, they're bringing a lot of talent to celebrate the opening. They're going to do a ribbon cutting on January 14th and it's followed by names like Lionel Richie and the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra yeah. and Lyle Lovett. Lyle Lovett. Um, Who did I say? Lionel Richie. Is he dead? No, <laughs> I think he might. Oh, okay, but he's not. He's I not. Hope he's not I listening. don't know. He's Lionel, not listening. We're very sorry <laughs> to the whole Richie family. The Royal Philharmonic is staying in residence, which was a new term for me. Well, I, I know the term residence, but I guess when an orchestra stays at a certain city and performs over and over again, they, yep. they call that mm-hmm. a residency. Yep. yep. So that's really special. And they're going to be doing like first ever performances like that. And they'll be here for 10 days. And the Royal Ballet is coming. And it's going to be a great celebration for the new Steinmetz Hall, which is not the biggest theater in the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts, but they say it's the most acoustically perfect venue facility. Mm Mm-hmm. And they, they say in the world, but I don't know about that. But I mean... Well, it's one of the newest, so it was designed with it. They poured concrete it's throughout com- it. Completely right? it's completely encapsulated basically a concrete box. in concrete. And then 
I was reading a little bit about the engineering and everything. They have these giant rubber dampening pads that they put in between the concrete walls. So apparently you can hear your own heartbeat. They call it an N1 sound rating where it's the quietest a place can be. Wow. So that makes me nervous. I wouldn't want to be there. I I think I'd (laughs) completely quiet, like... Hear oh, your own heartbeat? I, that creeps cool. me out. No, I think that would be neat. neat. I yeah. can't wait to go there. Oh, well, it's if, if I were to able to hear my own heartbeat, I'd start freaking out. I'd be like, is, is it beating too fast? Is that a palpitation? <laughs> it, it would make me anxious. But I think it's really amazing. It's going to be 1,700 seats, I think. And then there's also another part of the theater that's going to make it completely finished is Judson's, which is like a cabaret style room that they're going to do for like corporate functions it's not going to be like a performance venue really but it's going to be able available for rent and that won't be open until i think may of 2022 so that'll be the real final piece but they're doing a grand celebration for the steinmetz hall so incredible i have to give a shout out to my friend kathy ramsberger she's the ceo and of dr phillips can you imagine her job like raising all that money from day one and it's just huge it's It's a huge undertaking and um she's done a great job and it's neat to see it all finally come together it's november 30th when we're recording and this podcast is coming out on december 1st which means that the newspaper will be hitting mailboxes if you don't receive it in the mail you can go to our website and for 36 dollars, you can receive the next 12 editions right to your mailbox you can also sign up for our newsletter and subscribe to our podcast, which you're listening to now. Or pick up the paper at many of our local business drop-offs. You can find out where they are at yourcommunitypaper.com. Thank you for listening to the Community Podcast. Did you like what you heard? Subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and tell your friends and family to do the same. Stay up to date on the latest news from the Community Paper by visiting yourcommunitypaper.com and follow them on social media. The show is produced by Nick Jorgudio. Learn more about starting your own podcast by visiting orlandopodcasting.com. Anyways, the realtor's name is Jill Rose, and that's my mom's name is Jill, and my sister's name is Rose, so I wanted to wish my mom a happy birthday December 1st when this podcast comes out. <laughs> nice. That was smooth. Yeah, Does, well, your, mom transition. Does your mom well, listen? So I had it in the script. I don't know if she listens, but I, <laughs> I had it in the script, and in the script, it was smooth, but <laughs> the conversation went off. So uh-huh. anyways, happy birthday, mom.